0: welcome back to soul back this is the r&b podcast kyle here with tom and ed what is going on fellas what's up players it's been a
1: minute since all three of us have been in the house i know man what's going on you tell us you're the one with the the small human you're taking care
2: of (laughs) he doesn't really know what r&b is yet but we're still working on it
1: Listen player. <laughs> judging by the internet some of these folks don't know either but we'll get into that in a minute
0: <laughs> oh man oh man well tom i think you need to hook your boy up with this Soulback back r&b podcast let him listen in every week and uh maybe he'll learn a thing or two about this genre good idea maybe i, I can put that when he can't sleep it will put him right out <laughs> right <laughs> well, let's start off, guys. I mean, we have new music to talk about, but I really want to get into this news. And, Ed, it's not your list. Don't worry. We'll talk about that shortly. We've got bars for you. But okay. I want to talk about this this throwback tour, Tom. You know, we, we saw the success of the Millennium Tour. Some people were surprised by the success that B2K and the rest of those guys had. Some, maybe not so much. But Immature, which is Marcus Houston's group, they just announced a new tour, didn't they?
2: They did which was interesting. It was, you know, tabbed as the reunion, which, didn't they have a reunion a few years ago, guys? They did. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So, if no one really noticed then, why do they notice now? Well, I mean,
1: look at other artists, not just my boys immature, but it seems like, especially in other genres, they have reunion tours and farewell tours, it seems like, every three years. But it works, because... A lot of fans are like, "This is my one and only chance to see the Eagles. Let me check out Kiss. So why not IMX to jump on that bandwagon
0: and get those reunion coins?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Tom, let me lay out the artists for you on this tour, and then I want you guys to tell me if you will be join, if you if you guys will be going to this tour, because I know neither of you guys went to the Millennium tour. Um, so we not. have it. We went to Immature. Uh, I mean, Immature will be on this tour. Day 26, Tom, another group that has a reuni- reunion tour every year.
2: Um, <laughs> Minus one member, boy- by the way. Did you guys notice there's only four?
1: I did yeah. notice. Shout out to your boy. Oh, I don't know what's <laughs> yes. up with that.
0: <laughs> That's my boy, Brian Angel, the R&B draft champion. Let me remind yep. you guys of that. Don't uh, remind we me of that. We have our boy, Jay Holiday. We have, and your boy, Ray J., my boy. And, and Tom, <laughs> your answers, your prayers have been answered. I know you were really sad that this group didn't make it onto the Millennium Tour, and you went ahead and did some research on them, but B5, Tom, will be on this tour. Aren't you excited about that?
2: Well, I'm just still trying to figure out, do they just dance, or do they actually sing songs?
1: Oh my god, <laughs> B5 has songs, calm down.
2: When I saw them perform at their album listening event or single release event, they didn't even sing they just dance to two songs i'm serious
0: that's interesting <laughs> well i'd pay yeah, 70 so. bucks to see a bunch of guys windmill on on the dance floor that's that's kind of cool that's talent right there <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I right. Get, what's weird about this tour though is what and we talked about this a little bit before um off air the mix is weird when i look at this group you got b5 you got day 26 you got jay holiday you got ray J. That's sort of one era. Immature is kind of like the era before. Because when I was in like middle school, that's the group that the kids were going nuts over. Like the girls were like screaming and killing themselves over. But we kind of aged out of that by the time B5 and Day 26 came along. I know that there's probably some camaraderie with especially Marcus Houston's solo run going into the early 2000s. But it's kind of weird that they're kind of headlining a tour with a bunch of people that are kind of like the next generation.
2: I agree. and yeah. I'm not convinced that Ray J isn't the headliner. That
0: guy's ego would not allow him to open up for anyone. Come on. <laughs> right. Who would... Tom, I'm going to put it on you. What would make sense for who goes first and who goes last on this tour? Uh,
2: you got to have a B5 opening, right? I would have B5... Jay Holiday, Day Twenty Six, Ray J, and then Immature. Yeah,
1: that agree. I mean, I can't see it
0: any other way. Well, let me ask you guys this question: On this tour, who has the biggest records? Well,
2: it, it depends what you're counting as hit records, and are you counting Marcus Houston's hits as Immature hits? Like, you know, how does that work?
0: Sure. For let's for, for argument's sake, let's say that they count.
2: Well, obviously yeah. they're probably number one. I mean, Ray J had what a couple hits.
0: Yeah, Jay Holiday. Couple...
2: Had... Mm-hmm.
1: I think Ray J and, and and Jay Holiday are pretty even. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that Immature runs away with this one.
2: Right. I mean, Day Twenty Six had a couple singles. I don't know if they were hits. And yeah, and
0: Tom B5, still can't name I have no the B5 idea. song, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, uh, one omission from this tour is Sammy. Sammy got screwed twice, guys.
1: Oh my gosh, and I think you're the only one that has noticed poor Sammy hasn't gotten on board. But honestly, if you look at this, you would think that it would be room. I would put Sammy here maybe before Ray J. Hmm.
2: Yeah, Ray J, to me, was a weird inclusion. He just didn't seem like someone who'd be part of one of these type of things and would go about it quietly. Let me make a comment, though. Where are the women, once again? Why are there no women tours? Why are women not being included? Listen, I ain't mad
1: at you. That's a great point. And there's no reason why you couldn't have thrown a... I don't know who fits in this category. Keisha Cole? I don't even know who would fit, but... There definitely is room for some ladies here.
2: Yeah, What's our Sharon girl Nivea.
0: Put Nivia Nivia's on there. A
1: good one. Yeah, that's a very good one.
0: Guys, we're, uh, I mean... we're still looking for Nivea ourselves. So oh, know. my She's gosh. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> Inside, Just the joke.
1: keep it on the low. Keep it on the
0: low. We'll get her on the podcast at some point. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. What time church get um, Yeah. And, guys, I'm sensing a little bit of Ray J hate coming from you guys. You guys just don't want him to sing his classic song, Sexy Can I, live on stage.
1: Actually, I wanted him to sing I Hit It First on stage, but that's just me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh,
2: that, You can't do that. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about either of those songs for about a decade. Thanks for reminding me, guys.
1: Well, oh, I, I am here to bring the truth to the table. And I Hit It First <laughs> is truth, I guess.
0: It's true we didn't want to hear all right. Uh. Hey, we can't forget about the classic One Wish. That's actually a good song. It just sounds like he's struggling throughout that song. Uh. <laughs> oh. you, you are not wrong. I am not a fan of One Wish. Oh, man. It is a good song. Um, now, I have one more question for you guys about this tour. So the Millennium Tour did arena venues. It's, I think it sold out pretty much at most of the cities. Is this an arena tour, do you guys think?
2: Ugh. It's going to be tough
0: I mean possibly
1: uh, I don't see it selling out Arena after arena after arena But
2: maybe I think I mentioned to you Kyle It might be like that other tour That Kings of R&B tour That Pleasure P And uh, who was that Jay Holiday And Bobby V Yeah those three Remember they did some like random spot dates in the Midwest And it worked somehow But I, don't, I just don't know I don't know, guys. I can't see it.
0: I don't
1: either. And again, I, and maybe it's just me being a little bit of a stickler, but I just feel like the immature audience and the B5, Day26, everybody else audience, I don't think it's a clean fit. I yeah. They will definitely, tickets will be sold, no question. I'm not saying this will be a disaster, but I just think it's a weird fit overall. So I'm yep. not sure packing out and people hanging from the rafters, I don't think that's going to really happen.
0: Right. Well, Tom, I know you're a big Marcus Houston fan, and I'm an Omarion fan, but Ed, can you compare the popularity at its height, at its peak, for immature versus what we know for B2K? Like, does it even compare?
1: Yeah. that. A lot of times, my generation compares it to B2K. In my opinion, I think B2K, the B2K hysteria was way bigger, and I will... Kind of credit that toward the popularity of 106 in part because them dudes was on BET every single day, it seemed like, jumping all over the couch, just everywhere. And Immature just didn't have that platform. They were on TV, they were doing their thing, but I just don't feel like the hysteria was as huge as it was for B2K. B2K's flame kind of went out a lot quicker than 112, the Immature's, but I think at their heights, 2 k got
2: them. I don't know if you realize this, Kyle. When Immature's debut album came out in 1992, the group members were like 10 or 11. Yes. They were kids. <laughs> yep. So,
0: it's, yeah,
2: it's interesting. And I Keith remember... Sweat
0: writing, Keith Sweat was writing songs for them at 10 or 11? No. Keith did songs
1: when they were IMX, when they were later. They were grown uh, oh. then. Oh, okay. but I remember talking about age I clearly remember a memory of sitting in the school library uh, across the table from this girl who was going on and on about how she was in love with immature and this dude sitting beside me was like you know they're like 11 right and we're like 15 at this point and she's like oh
0: <laughs> creepy <laughs> well, stuff going on eh well yep. counting them all but uh guys can we get into and tom i know you have to go in a bit to take care of your kid but we really wanted you to be a part of this segment of the podcast and just for everyone that uh that's wondering who our special guest is this is our special guest it's ed's 50 best r&b artists list oh my which god he, <laughs> which he hap- which he happily put together for everyone so there will be no special guest artists for this week but i mean this is going to take up a long time so ed You listed 50 of the best R&B artists of the past 40 years. So artists Mm -hmm. must have debuted after 1979. So for all the Michael Jackson and Prince lovers out there, they're not on this list. And nope, I would just like to make a disclaimer, guys, or a note. You guys need to read before you guys start commenting because I saw so many ones, Michael Jackson, and it was was too much. Thank you.
1: Thank you. You beat me to it, player. Before we jump into it, let me just give a little bit of background for people. Like, what are we talking about? Why are we talking about lists? So a couple days ago, here on these internets, days before this recording, by the way, make sure our times are right, some weirdo published a list of their 50 favorite rappers, and the list was horrendous. So bad that the internet went ballistic, and everybody was like arguing and going crazy. Like Joe Budden was number three. It's foolishness. So that spurred a bunch of other lists that were equally terrible. So I jumped in, as you do, you know how I do, and I created a top 50 hip hop list that, of course, everyone yelled about and was like, oh, it's too biased to the 90s. Well, sorry, that was the better era. Sorry I didn't have Drake on the list. <laughs> but after arguing with a bunch of folks, they were like, look, you got to do an RB list. You got to do an RB list. I haven't seen an RB list. And I was like, I'm I'm list out. But then an R&B list came up and player. The R&B list had Drake at like number three. Future was on the list. I could not stand with such injustices. So I was like, OK, I'll create a 50 best R&B artists of all time list. When working on that list, though, I'm like. It was just like overrun with legends. It was I remember getting to Diana Ross and being like, You know what? If I publish this list, somebody's gonna be like, Oh, these old heads, where is Tyrese? He's so sexy. So <laughs> I said, Let's cut the middleman out and I will just do R and B artists from my era. So that's why I did From seventy nine to now. And yes, like you said, Kyle, I wish people would read because you have to debut after 79, which meant no MJ, no Prince. There were a couple of others people were complaining about, but that's how we got to this list.
2: Right, And Kyle, if you don't mind, um, for those who don't have it up in front of them, can I read off the list real quick so everyone knows the context? You yep. can sure read
0: the list. Start from can the I, bottom New York. and get, get to number one.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. I talk the fastest on here, so I'll be the best one to do this right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Ed. All right. Starting oh, at number fifty. No, you,
1: I'll bust you up in a second. So go ahead. St-
2: starting at number fifty and going to number one. We have Jagged Edge, Gerald Levert, Brian McKnight, Johnny Gill, and Vogue, Tamia, One Twelve, John Legend, Amy Winehouse, Joe, Janelle Monae, Bruno Mars, Miguel, Tony Tony Tony, Neo, Music Soulchild, Aaliyah, Chris Brown, Monica, Blackstreet, Jill Scott. Mint condition, Faith Evans, Drew Hill, Tevin Campbell, uh now we're up to twenty five. We've got Maxwell, SWV, Bobby Brown, D'Angelo, Brandy, Erica Badu, Destiny's Child, Babyface, Anita Baker, Keith Sweat, Tony Braxton, Alicia Keys, Jodice, TLC, Sade, Boys to Men. This is the top ten right here. New addition Janet Jackson, Usher, Mariah Carey, Mary J, Luther Vandross, Beyonce, R. Kelly, and in quotes, yes, I know he's Satan. And finally, (laughs) Whitney Houston at number one. Wow.
1: (laughs) Remind me to
0: tell you about the R. Kelly thing, (laughs) because the reactions to that have been interesting. Tom, before you get into your thoughts, can I please give you a shout-out? Yes. That grilled chicken must be working because your cardio is off the chain. I would have died at, like, number 26 if i had to list every artist that was a come lot on, of guys syllables and pronunciation <laughs> there
1: ten put down the taco bell and get your grilled chicken up like at like tom and you'll be good
2: <laughs> yep
0: no seasoning coming, on it, though <laughs> no seasoning no Ugh. all right so ed how did you even come up with this list what are the qualifications because tom and i are trying to figure that out Alright, here's a good thing that people
1: have to keep in mind. Because I've been arguing with folks all for like a week about this list. The qualifications, which I actually spelled out on the rap list. I didn't spell it out on this list because I didn't have room. There were four things that I used. Skill, impact, influence, and consistency. Keep in mind, y'all, this is not a list of the 50 best singers. If it was... Kiki would be on this list and your girl Janet would be like number 473. So this is not a list of best singers. It is a (laughs) list based on those four categories. So it did have to do with how good your albums were or sometimes how how high your profile is, how consistent you've been. Also, it's showing Ed's favorite list because if it was, Cousin Chris wouldn't be up there. You sure wouldn't have R. Kelly up there. And my man Keith wouldn't be floating around whatever number he was. So as an unbiased source, I had to look at the past 40 years and see how consistent they were, how impressive their music was. Of course, their vocals played some factor, but also just how much their music has influenced R&B and their careers themselves. So there you go. Hmm.
0: All right. So Tom, before we get into thrashing this list, or I don't know if you're gonna thrash it, can you start <laughs> off by complimenting this list? What do you see in here that you like?
2: Well, good job, Ed. These lists are not easy to do. Um, disclaimer: We're not gonna do a list. We're not. You know, we we have many relationships with artists. We don't want to offend anyone, so we'll just give props where they're due to artists. We're not gonna rank them, but. I thought it was a really good list. It's always hard for me, though, with these lists, because it's like you don't know who's missing. Like, you read 50 names, it's hard always to come to mind, like, who was overlooked. So, unless you're, like, deep, unless you have, like, 300 names in front of you. So, I thought, Ed, based on what I'm reading here, there were some I would have definitely not included, because I don't feel like they were 100% R&B. But overall, I felt you did a really good job.
1: Well, um, I want to get back to that point about not 100 percent R&B, because that's come up a few times and I want to hit back on a few things. But
2: when you mention
1: how you work on these lists, a lot of times, again, this isn't me going by, oh, let me just check all my favorites. Um, I because you see my girl Kelly Price ain't up there. What in the world? So I took basically a list of probably like 75 people and then I went from bottom to top and ranked them. On the original list. Because it's been a lot. I've caught a lot of heat from Genuine fans. Because they were like where's Genuine. Genuine was on the list. Until I realized. I forgot Faith Evans. So when I put Faith in the Mm -hmm. list. she Poor G got knocked down to 51. So no G. I think after him it was like. Trey Songz. And then maybe Anthony Hamilton. Something like that. So those brothers just missed the cut. No I didn't forget about them. Of course not. But. When you're working with that many people, folks get bumped off. I do want to mention a little bit about the pop versus R&B thing real quick because that has been a big, big issue. And it's funny how subjective not only these lists are, but the designation between R&B and pop. Number one is Whitney Houston. I had many people that were like, she should be disqualified, she's pop. Well, player, if you look at at the whole history of her career. Whitney's first album was pretty pop. However, by the time you hit the With My Baby the Night era, that's straight up R&B. And she has continued to make that over time. Beyonce, whole lot of pop in her career, but also lots of solid R&B. Janet is the sister of the king of R&B, which is hilarious to me, actually, because people are like, oh, where's MJ? But you got Amy Winehouse on the list. She's pop. Um, Not married. First of all, we couldn't have Michael on the list because he doesn't hit the qualifications. But the king of pop, he's okay. But Amy Winehouse, who did a bunch of songs with Salaam Remy, who was about as R&B soul as they come? No. A lot of people's, and it's cool that you have your own designation of what R&B and pop is. But the thing I love about R&B that we've talked about many times, it's a very malleable genre. That means you can take it, and you can make it sound like hip-hop, you can make it sound like pop, you can make it sound like many things. But, if it has the elements in it, Amy Winehouse, for example, is more soulful than pretty much anybody on the list, that means that you qualify.
2: Hmm. So, Kyle, what do you think that means for someone like a Sam Smith? Was that a snub?
0: Um, (laughs) Sam Smith. I mean, if we're going by Ed's <laughs> defi- definition, then yes, it is a snub. But no, yeah, exactly. No, no, but, uh, no. We're, we're, no. Not get a, get, we're not going to get into that because yes, no, we're not. no, as I'm just, no. Tom, I going to clarify. I want to
1: clarify real quick because people have said it. Sam Smith and Adele. Let's look at them. Sam Smith and Adele are majority pop with soul influences. So while they make R&B songs, sometimes they are gen- pretty much pop artists. People say, "Where's Seal?" Seal is the same thing. Ma- Seal, majority pop. Oh, yes,
0: man. your boy. <laughs> you wouldn't
1: believe wow. you wouldn't believe what I've been getting yelled about. But wow, majority pop with some influence of soul will not put you on the R&B list. But if it's the other way around, okay, we'll consider you.
0: Hmm. All right. Interesting. You guys done? Yeah, we're done for now. I have compiled with my fans on the you know I got Soul fan page, and they're my fans because they have some sense. I have compiled a list called the five travesties from Ed's list. Okay. Starting at number one, and and some of these are the opinions of the fans, and some of these are are mine, and you guys will. Pretty much know which one are mine and which one are the fans. <laughs> you're gonna get to work either way, so go ahead. Number one. Bruno Mars Ed. You're talking about, you know, some artists make pop, some make R and B, and you know, they might dibble and dabble. That man has made one full RB album in his career. You can't put him on the list off one album unless you're gonna tell me Grenade, which I know Tom loved. And what else did he make? Just the way you are. Actually, Tom's favorite. Can we
2: take this a step further, Ed? I'm going to name a Bruno Mars song. You tell me if it's R and B or not. Ready? Okay. Just the Just the way you are.
1: Just the way the the that's all you just said is a pop song of R and B influences. No Okay, grenade. (laughs) No, that's straight up
2: pop song. The the lazy song. I don't know what that is.
1: Oh, that Lazy song is not good. Don't talk about that song.
2: Marry You. I'm just naming all of his hits.
1: I can't remember Marry You.
2: Okay. I think that was one of the more pop songs. I can't remember. It Will Rain. I don't know what that is. No, I don't know that one. Locked Out of Heaven. We know that one. Yes,
1: Locked Out of Heaven. Now, this is when we get to the era that I want to talk about. This is when he started basically incorporating funk into... His Whoa. song.
2: Yeah. He, he had When I Was Your Man, I would say, and Treasure, the next two. I'd say Treasure was definitely like a seventies type of R and B influenced song, I'd say. Correct. These are
1: funk influenced R and B songs laced with pop. Yes.
2: Okay. To both. So then all right. So then after that obviously is a twenty four K Magic album. Right. So here's my point.
1: That 24K Magic album, of course, we're going to classify it as R&B. Babyface was on it, blah, 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 blah. However, for the couple years leading up to that, he was incorporating funk into his music. So his music, to me, was laced with R&B. So it would be like saying, oh, you know, James Brown, you know, he ain't R&B. Or, or the funk of the, the, the um, P-Funks guys. Parliament. No, they're not real R&B. No, they're funk. But funk is an offset offshoot of R&B. So that is what Bruno started doing about midway through his career. The reason why he made the list is because, number one, that album was just that good. But number two, he has been kind of a purveyor of funk for the past few years. That's why he Mm -hmm. slid on the list. Good question, though.
0: Yet, Mr. Justin Timberlake is not on the list, Ed. Are we not considering Rock Your Body, an R&B song? No, I'm glad you brought that up. My Love, Suit and Tie? Glad you brought that up.
1: Here's the difference. JT's best album, whereas we were talking about how Bruno's best album was kind of like an R&B album laced with pop, JT's best album was a pop album laced with R&B. No no, you, no,
2: no, 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 no!
1: You're not gonna say no, no, no! You're not gonna say "Sexy Back" is an R and B classic. No, you're gonna be like, no, that's EDM influence. Most no, of his bigger no. hits are pop influence songs. The reason why you say no is because the same reason people say Rihanna's R and B because she has been working with alongside. Artists, I a producers, basically black producers who are known for doing R&B type stuff. His first album, R&B. Second album, that's more of a pop album. That had R&B songs on it, but it's more of a pop album.
0: Well, You know what's crazy to me, man? Go ahead, Kyle. You can finish this one. Well, Ed, I was going to say, I'm on the sexy back Wikipedia page and the genre says electronic R&B. So it is R&B. But secondly, Tom, no, it I don't is, remember, but it's... but Go ahead. one of our earlier Soulback episodes was with Digital Black, of play, and we mentioned this song on that podcast, and Black himself said this song is inspired, it, it, it comes from the R&B and gospel world. That's what he hears when he hears this song. He hears that in Sexy Bath? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't disagree um. with Digital Black.
1: Listen, this is like Black, my man, but I'm going to disagree hard with that one. The only way he's saying that is gospel influence is because it's got the call and response. That's what he's saying there. But that's not, no. It is That song is what helped inspire the EDM movement. With all these Oh My Gods and terrible songs from the Black Eyed Peas That really is what kicked off that genre. So that's a whole side conversation. But no, I'm not dissing that album. But to me that album leans way more pop than something like 24 karat magic. All
2: right. All right. Hold, hold on. So you gave us your argument for Bruno Mars, right? Yeah. I'm still not over this. Now I'm looking at the list and the people behind Bruno Mars. You're telling me from his one album of R&B plus a few other singles in his career that he's had that were R&B is a bigger contribution to the genre than someone like Joe, who's had over 10 R&B albums and the same thing with Brian McKnight. Are you kidding me?
1: Yes, because Brian, what? listen, oh. I know oh. I know y'all love Joe. I know everybody loves and I won't even get on Brian McKnight because I have had my ups and downs with Brian for a long time. Joe has been one of the most consistent voices in R and B pretty much past two decades. No question. But Joe, has he ever had anything with a mainstream impact of what Bruno has done? Not close not close and that's what put him above the list i'm not saying that he's a better artist but when we're talking about impact and influence that is what i'm talking about he gets a little bit higher than joe and joe my man but no
2: i hate to do this man i'm gonna have to bite my tongue on this one but do you know why joe never had the mainstream impact why is that i'm calling the race card, ed bruno mars oh here we go we're moving he's not black he gets, no. he gets a free pass on Pop on. Radio everywhere he wants. We're moving. Joe. I'm no, no, keep, keep it real. Me. No, keep it real. Keep it real. This stuff is real. Keep it real.
1: And he's not wrong.
2: So that's my opinion on why Joe is put in one little box and someone like Bruno gets exposure in every single format.
1: Now, I will not argue that at all. However, I will not sit here and act like that Bruno putting out some garbage and he's getting elevated for no reason. The boy is yeah. good in the yeah. overall performance. So I won't say that he was shortchanged and Joe was a better artist. That's not fair. Has he been downplayed? Has almost everybody on this list been downplayed because of that? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. You ain't wrong. No, keep it real. We're keeping it real today. I love it. Come on, Kyle. You can't put a muzzle on us here.
2: We're keeping it real.
0: All right. Well, we're going to continue <laughs> to keep it real here. You say that now. This, this is also part of number one of the five travesties. How the hell did Janelle Monae make this list? Listen, I love her. She's a tremendous performer. Her albums are actually good. But, Ed, you mean to tell me if you walk down the street, someone can name three Janelle Monae Monae songs? Well, first of all, here's another thing. And I'm about to call out some folks and
1: hurt some feelings. A lot of the criticism I've been getting from this list is because a lot of people are living in their 90s R&B bubble. I said it and I meant it. Because a lot of people are complaining about, I can't name a Janelle Monáe song. Well, that's your problem. Sounds like a personal problem, brother. Because Janelle's (laughs) last three albums, I think I gave four and a half stars to back to back to back. Number one, nobody has that kind of consistency. I don't think on this list. Number two, yes, the woman is R&B. If you are complaining to me about why isn't Prince on the list, but why is Janelle on the list when she is basically a female prince? What are you talking about? They're the same artist. She dabbles, yes. She isn't straight R&B all the time. But she is vocally one of the best artists on the list. By far one of the most creative on the list. And I refuse to let people say, oh, she shouldn't be on the list because I've never heard a song. But that ain't her problem. That's yours. Pick up an album. Get out of 1996. And maybe you'll hear why she's on the list. Is she top 10? Absolutely not. But she is extremely short-changed, and her stuff is way too good to be overlooked. She made the list. If you're yelling at me about Prince, this woman's on the list for sure.
2: Hmm. I expected The Ta-ta- weekend over Janelle Monet.
0: Well, <laughs> you expected Ocean. to get these hands. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Janelle on the
1: weekend. Good God.
0: Who am I working with here? (laughs) All right. Tom, this was also part of the travesties, and this comes from fans and also artists and songwriters who are friends with us. The following Uh people, Tom, people felt should have been on the list, and you can agree or disagree here, Tom. Guy, Anthony Hamilton, H-Town, and our very own Darnell Jones.
1: (laughs) So. Tom, you handled this and then let me get on it.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I obviously would have had the first three. Guy, not H-Town, I'm sorry. (laughs) And obviously I would have taken out. I wouldn't even have had Miguel on here. I wouldn't have had Bruno Mars on here and Amy Winehouse. So those three I'll take out right there. And you could slot those three in. There's others probably, too, I didn't even get to think about. But they would have made my list. So who are the four? First of all, we're not talking about H-Town because that's
0: laughable.
1: Oh, like people love
0: H. No. Oh, and Ed also silk. People were mad that silk didn't get in.
1: Now, see, listen. This is proof. <laughs> this is proof that I am the most unbiased list writer on earth. Because if I left off silk, then you know that I looked at this with an unbiased lens. Because I would put silk on the list before I put you two on this podcast. So <laughs> obviously, if I left silk off, I'm looking at this at unbiasedly. It's like my favorite group ever. So yes,
0: Ed. I left them all because of that. Ed, yes. true or false? Your personal top five list from five to one would be number five, Cut Close. Number four, Silk. <laughs> number three, Keith Sweat. Number two, Keith Sweat, and number one, Bruno Mars.
2: Oh. Oh my <laughs> God.
0: I can Move tell it's a big Keith Bruno
2: up.
1: Mars fan. <laughs> move Keith up to 1 and 2 and then throw like Kelly Price at number 3 and then that's accurate
2: you got to anyway. understand though when you hear these fan comments it's mostly them like random fans uneducated unfortunately just saying oh come on you forgot silk they were great okay well and it,
1: <laughs> yes and All what right. I'm what I'm saying is a lot of times people confuse this as their favorites people want to see their yeah. favorites represented so i again i have no beef with that I only get annoyed when people are like, well, look at these facts that I've thrown in your face. That doesn't make any sense. So getting back to the people you mentioned, No H-Town, I mentioned before Anthony Hamilton almost made it. Like if I had made 55, he would have made it. Who else were we missing? Uh, we would have missed Anthony Donald Hamilton, Jones. H-Town. Don yeah I got a lot of Donnells here's the thing about Donnell if this was a list of the 50 best 90s early 2000 artists no question I just do not think he had the long term impact he had some great songs he had a really good single that's classic I love his albums but I don't think he, when it comes to overwhelming industry appeal that he goes higher than him. I know people like he's a great writer well this ain't a songwriter list or Babyface would the yeah. number one that ain't what this is. I love Darnell, but no.
0: Who was the 4 mm. We had uh, Guy, Anthony, Hamilton, Darnell, and Guy. Guy, yeah, Guy is I huge. Had, head. Guy
1: is huge, and yes, Guy I did have up here, but Guy just didn't make the final cut.
2: No, Guy was Ky- on the short list. Kyle, can I ask you a question? What's up? How close do you think Tank was to making this list?
0: <laughs> um uh i think ed is he even in the 60s
1: player tank was not on my short i wish i had the short list in front of me so i could just name them all tank was not up there anybody who questions tank needs to hit up my boy boom boom caesar or go to oh soul God. and Cereal.com and look at my recent rankings of tanks albums i like tank but we're talking top 50 of the past 40 years and you got two good albums out of like six or seven sorry You're not qualifying. One person I I do want to mention real quick that I want to say shout out to my boy, George Lutton. Because he mentioned someone that was made the one argument for somebody that I was like, you're right. Charlie Wilson. And I will tell you why I didn't use him. Because as a member of the Gap Band, he debuted prior to our list. But he did have his solo debut after 79. So taking that into account. I probably would have put him on the list. But because I thought of him as Gatman, I didn't. So he's the one person that someone made the argument for where I was like, you're right. So shout out to my boy. Because if I use his solo instead of his group debut, he would be
0: here. Uh, He's made the the same album for the last four albums. I wouldn't put him in there. Oh, Oh my goodness. Come on now. (laughs) All right. Uh, I've got a couple more here. So three questions. And I think I'm already on travesty number four. But this just came up. What album is better, Ed? A. Marie's debut or Bruno's 24K? Ooh. <laughs> a. Marie's debut by A. Eyelash. Okay. Yes. She's and in the list. And what's,
2: what's,
0: what, what's the better R&B album? A. Marie's second album or Bruno's? I guess he doesn't have a second R&B album. Oh, no. man.
1: <laughs> Calm I love the down.
0: Call. I love it. But no.
1: Bruno Listen. kills A. Marie, second one. And I love A. Marie, as you know. But no, A. Marie Wait. ain't getting on this list either.
0: Huh. damn. All right, back on topic then. Uh, I've got two more questions for you. This one, uh, I mean, we could argue till the end of time. And it's not really that big of a travesty. But you had Whitney Houston as number one. Which mm-hmm. I don't think anyone could really argue with. Except me. Oh, there were some arguments. I'm going to give you... A name right here, Ed. Mariah Carey. She has like number it's just 18 number one hits. Probably sings better than Whitney. I'm just kidding. I don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> had more longevity than Whitney. Whitney kind of started falling off in the 2000s. Mariah has kept it strong. Kept it going. Ed, Mariah should be number 1.
1: All right. I am glad you brought this one up because this is another one that has come up. And let me break your heart real quick. Because the same arg—that's what has killed me about this list—is that when people make arguments against somebody, they hurt the person they're trying to defend. And this has hurt Mariah. The argument against Whitney and Beyoncé were that they make too much pop. Mariah, for you youngins who don't remember, Mariah started out as a pop artist, like straight up, straight up pop. Mariah didn't start doing R&B until like maybe like consistently. She always had a little bit of elements because she always had that soul in her voice. That wasn't until like closer to the daydream butterfly land. And in fact, when I was creating this list, I had a, the hardest kind of placement was Mary J and Mariah because I kept going back and forth. I didn't know who should go first. The reason why I went with Mary J is because I felt like she had a longer, more as far as a tenure on the influence of R&B itself. Than Mariah. That's why I knocked her down to six and Mary J five. But Mary J, I love her. I mean on um, Mariah, I love her. But I feel like she is when we talk about old Whitney's pop, Mariah's a way more pop than Whitney was. And even though Mariah has had a longer career, there's some peaks and valleys in that career, y'all. Everything ain't been butterfly. Whereas Whitney definitely has been a huge seller, five-star albums. And even the albums that we don't talk about in the 2000s were still pretty good. I can see. I think she only has one okay album. All the all her albums are pretty good. So Whitney's number one was never a question. But Mariah, as far as being higher on the list,
0: yeah, I wrestled with that one a little bit. But that was my mentality at putting her there. Um, you can't penalize Mariah for going pop at the start of her career. That was Tommy Mottola's, uh decision. So oh, we're just, here we go. So there you go. Well, I don't, like, people act like pop is a bad thing. It's not. Like, I
1: have no beef with someone doing pop. People act like doing pop is, like, hanging out with Satan. That's R. Kelly. That's not pop. So, you know, it's it's fine. Like, I'm okay with that. But I don't see this as some black mark on someone's career.
0: But sometimes it's taken into account. So, Tom, what we've learned from this is that uh, if you go pop, you too can be at number thirty-nine on the best fifty <laughs> artist list. Bruno Mars.
1: <laughs> yep. You put out an album like Twenty Four Karat Magic, maybe.
0: Everybody else need um, to step their game up. Unbelievable. <laughs> all right, Tom. Do you have anything? Because I'm about to get into the biggest travesty of all time. No,
2: no. Uh, we already know who this is going to be. Yeah, I know. Let no, me take a swig. Br- <laughs> a well, swig of what? I have broom broom juice. A couple- <laughs> No,
1: I, I know what you put in your prune juice. So no, this
0: <laughs> is straight up water over here, dog. All right, all right, all right. So I had two names that I was going to mention before the biggest travesty, and that was Genuine which you already covered, Ed. Still think he should mm-hmm. be on this list. Um, no, I
1: traits. If you avoid, if you're mad that R. Kelly on this list, take him off and move up Genuine to fifty. That's okay. all I can tell
0: you. Um. Our good friend Troy Taylor, super producer, was mad that you didn't include Trey songs on this list because he felt like Trey kind of carried the torch for R&B when R&B was pretty much dead. He was the only one really making R&B at that time on a mainstream level. And i uh, well, had I'll enough tell, longevity.
1: I know Troy's your boy, but you know what I'll tell him to do? Go look at my review of Trey Song's entire discography. He did carry it for like two, three years. But he's got a whole lot of mess in that discography. But again, he was like number 52. So he was almost here. I'm not taking anything away. But look, it's only 50 slots, y'all.
0: All All right. And to the biggest travesty of all time. Guys. Oh, my God. And Ed actually posed a question, Tom, to the people recently that asked, uh, whose uh, love and fandom with their favorite artists is... The most authentic and genuine they asked about tom and music Child, ed and keith sweat and me and ashanti and ed the people voted correctly me and ashanti were close were tight and ed i'm telling you right now she should have been on this list are you kidding me that first was... album was in the guinness book of world records world records she was <laughs> the <laughs> biggest thing in r&b and numerous collaborations, timeless classics. <laughs> she did a she lot of good. songs with people. That's basically what you said. And that counts. That's still better than Mr. Bruno Mars, who makes pop music. So. Oh, my gosh. You
1: know who else makes pop music? Mariah Carey who? that you were just complaining about. But anyway. Oh, I wish that these are times where I wish that we had a video recording so you could see my face rubbing against the side of my desk as you are making this up. First, let me go back to your fake news. The poll that Kyle is talking about was actually who is the most annoying stand on our podcast. And you know who that is? Kyle and Ashanti. So that is what happened there. So sorry, it was not authentic love. It was annoying stand. Number two. How many albums does Ashanti have, like five, six, something like that? You know how many of those albums I gave over three and a half stars to? Maybe one. There's no way your girl getting on this list. This isn't an Instagram finest woman on IG list, so she ain't going to make it.
0: (laughs) All right, all right. Well, Ed, in my personal opinion, Ashanti, Ashanti should still be on the list.
1: Well, if you make the 50 best R&B artists in
0: Kyle's bedroom, I'm sure she'll be number one. But that ain't what this list is, homie. Well, I'm going to go after this podcast and listen to chapter two. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, it was nice knowing you. I will write your epitaph. All right. All right. So, Ed, I think that concludes our conversation on your list. I know we could probably go for another eight hours on, you know, who should be number one or who should be number 15. I think we've covered it all. Uh, what I've learned from all of this is that um, you're a huge Bruno Mars fan. Oh, my God. Um, you actually had Music Soul Child in there, which I know Tom was very happy about.
1: Well, yeah, again, this is an unbiased list. And before we wrap up this conversation, let me just, like, lay this out. Well, let me lay out two things, because we didn't talk about the R. Kelly thing. Because I got beat up on both sides of that. One side, people said I was an enabling a child abuser by putting them on a list on the internet. That is not that big of a deal. Then secondly, the R. Kelly fans were calling me a garbage human being for saying that a man who has not been convicted of a crime has been called Satan. I am a terrible human being. I have talked before about the R. Kelly thing, but I felt that if you're looking at this list historically... You can't leave off. I'm not one to be like ignoring history, no matter what someone has done. That's just not it's the journalist in me. I'm always about let's be authentic with history. So that's why he's here. Anyone who's ever listened to two seconds of this podcast knows how I feel about him. So I will say that's the reason why I included him. I threw some shade at him because my point has always been we can acknowledge what he's done, but never celebrate what he's done. So that's why I made the comment. Secondly, before we wrap up, I just wanted to remind everybody that these lists, it's just fun, y'all. It's just subjective and it's just everybody's opinion. So don't feel like you got to threaten somebody's mama because they don't agree with you. I've seen some terrible lists, but they prove that a lot of this stuff is relative. I've seen some R&B lists, well, some rap lists especially, where no one on the list was out before 2011. That proves to me that you're like 15 years old. But if that's your list, that's your list. You can't say it's the greatest of all time if you missed whole decades. Likewise, I could have put ninety a bunch of 90s dudes up here, but Horace Brown ain't going on this list, dog. Sorry. Shout out to Soul Job. Because there were other artists in that time period that I thought were better. So I kind of looked at it objectively all the way through the, all four decades. So if you want to create your list, you want to create your top ten. Hit me up, Bows on Twitter. I'll tell you what I think. People been doing it all week, but just remember, it's all in fun, and it's your list.
0: Well, Ed, I do, uh, I do feel bad that you were receiving death threats for your list, and uh, I was gonna say, uh, after I saw John Legend on the list and not Ashanti, I thought about going to your house and deleting the save files off your Switch games, but I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm glad you did not. I, I got beat up
1: for John Legend, too, but people are like, why is he so low? Because he kind of overrated, dog.
0: Sorry. Low? Why is he
1: on the yes. list? Oh, my goodness. Come on, now. The man has gigantic hits, and he can sing. Like, he belongs on the list. John Before Legend makes Shanti peop- Douglas.
0: John Legend makes people for white music, Ed. I mean, he makes white music. Uh, white music for white people. you can't even get out your lies (laughs) all right um can we get into the new music now very quickly yes we can uh let's start off by talking about tiana taylor's new song how you want it featuring king king combs diddy's son i really like this song it really has a 90s feel to it which most of tiana's music does but i did read an interesting uh comment regarding diddy's son that said something along the lines of uh He's never going to make it as an artist if he keeps sampling his dad's produced records. Oh, my goodness. You know what else? Let me take you back to 1996,
1: when my parents were saying that this Puff Daddy guy is never going to make it as an artist if he keeps sampling the records from my childhood. I think Puff did okay. And I think King Comb, or whatever his name is, will do okay, too. Sampling has long been a part of music. I'm not going to complain about that. I like this song course people are more raving about the video because because whenever they can see tiana do her thing in videos brothers love that and sisters love it too so i like the song i like the video she still is one of those artists that makes good songs but just hasn't been able to like put it together and make like a great project yet so i'm still really hoping that that comes together for her because the talent
0: is there right uh the next song we have mary j blige has a new song no did you hear the song
1: yeah people are really loving this song on my on my timeline what are you what's the feedback you're getting on it
0: um it's been 50 50 a lot of people are really saying they're not really feeling anything from this era
1: i i liked a lot of what was the album with 25 8 on it the my life 2 album i like that yeah MJB has done a couple of decent things. I thought this was okay. I don't get the overwhelming love that some folks are getting. I thought it was solid. But it's not something that I like, ooh, I got to throw this on my playlist. But it's a decent, loose single that might lead to something. If we don't see it on a project, it won't
0: kill me. But it's not offensive at all. All right. And your boy, Big Baby Drum, straight out of VA, dropped a new song with her. Mm-hmm. The Laydown, which sounds like something straight out of the 70s, Ed. I
1: have not heard this one. I think this was you telling me that it was sounding a little princey. So I need to go back and check this
0: one out. That one I haven't heard. So is Big Baby Drama a singer? I didn't even know this. That's what he claims. He has long
1: at times claimed that, you know, oh, I love R&B and I'm an R&B guy at heart and I want to do some stuff. Most of his R&B stuff I've heard has been horrific. So... I won't judge until I hear it, but I haven't really been impressed in the past.
0: All right. Uh, PJ Morton dropped his album, Paul. This kind of came out of nowhere. Um, it has a record with Jasmine Sullivan, but this song came out like eight years ago. It's on the internet.
1: Yeah, what a weird project. Tom mentioned this a little earlier. Tom had to run out to you know take care of his, his little man, but it's weird how a lot of these artists these days, and I, know it's, I don't know if it's just a Beyonce effect or what but we just get no publicity, no no lead up, no rollouts for albums. They just kind of appear and you just kind of have to find them. And this project, I've listened to it in full, it's pretty okay. I think it's worth having the word be spread about it. So it kind of frustrates me that we have solid projects being put out with no pub, no promotion behind it. If it wasn't for this podcast, or if it wasn't for you know I got Soul or Soul and Serio, a lot of these projects would just Float off into the wind. If I was if I was PJ and I put this out, it's just something I should be proud of. I would be pushing this thing. It's not the best album of the year, but it's very solid. And if you're a PJ fan, I think you'll enjoy it. It's worth the listen. So I hate that it kind of just came and probably will be came and went before the end of the week.
0: Right. And Ed, we got to talk about my girl Ashanti's new song, and maybe this will put yeah, her in we'll the top fifty pretty little thing
1: play let me tell you about something that won't be putting her in the top 50 so i listened to the song first of all the beat just sounds like every other tropical influence song ever but she's got like one verse she sounds like the the featured artist on her own song who's the other guy that's on the track he does more than her
0: that would be afro b
1: Yeah, well, um, Afro, A, B, C, D, this brother needs to... That needs to be his song. Ashanti did nothing. Well? You tell your girl to get off IG for a minute, go back in the studio, put another verse on this thing, and then maybe we'll be going somewhere. And
0: we might as well bring Irv Gotti in the studio with her. We need that guy.
1: How about... How about no?
0: (laughs) I can hear him yelling on Instagram already. I can hear him (laughs) yelling...
1: All over the place, screaming at Lloyd for leaving him behind 10 years ago.
0: All right, all right, we'll leave Irv out of this. Ed, can we get into the play of Please really quickly before we get out of here?
1: Always. I feel like this whole
0: episode has been a play of Please with your five travesties, but go ahead. <laughs> well, the first play of Please, and you actually brought this up because Tom posted the single cover for Before You Walked Out of My Life uh, by Monica, which is a classic, bona fide classic. But the yeah, single art cover, what's going on with her, her legs and feet there, Ed? Claire, like, I feel like someone needs to go back and look at this because it's like,
1: how did you do that? It's her leg. It's like both of her legs. She's laying on her stomach looking forward. Both of her legs are up, but they are like making like this diamond shape. So I don't know if it's like one leg that's against a mirror and it's kind of like reflecting the other side. Or she on some gymnast stuff. But I was like distracted by her legs the whole time and not in a good way.
0: Hmm. Uh, the next play of pleas we have, Ed. Um, this happened in New Mexico. Uh, five Burger King employees lost their jobs after a police officer-, officer said that he received his order with a picture of a pig drawn on the wrapper. What? Yeah. Y'all are wildin'. Y'all are <laughs> wildin in New Mexico. <laughs>
1: Man, can we, I meant to, can we, I haven't.
0: <laughs> go go ahead. ahead. I was going to ask, can we write this off as boys being boys? Oh, my gosh.
1: Depends on what, how much melanin they had in their skin. That's the only way we can write that off in America. But you Canadians are lucky. That's all I'll say about that. Tom doesn't like when I get too political
0: up here. All right. And then the last player, please, add Ed. Um, I'm not sure if you know, but I actually help out a buddy of mine, he's a promoter over here in Vancouver and I actually help him book some shows uh, through our connections with our artists because we're friends with a lot of artists. And we approached one artist that we're close with and said, hey, we'd like to have you for a show in Vancouver. And the artist team first asked, uh, how much are you willing to pay? Which is pretty straightforward, pretty standard. And then the second question was, who is the opening act? So when I explained mm-hmm. to them that the opening act was going to be a local singer, female singer from the city, uh, just independent, n- not really a big artist, just someone locally that's been singing, the management team replied back and said, we'll have to pass. We don't want a female opening act uh, for this show. And this artist that we were trying to book is a female as well. I thought it was supposed to be unity when it comes to females.
1: Mm-mm-mm. you told me a little bit about this story before and i want to drop the juice but i can't i can't i can't spill tea all over this podcast but let me see but i before i had slander i want to try to understand this and maybe somebody can hit me up on twitter et bowels on twitter hit me up leave a comment under this podcast if you want if you are a female artist who has, and we're not going to name the artist, but this artist has promoted female unity recently. I mean, recently, recently, since you told me about this, Kyle, recently, because I was like, oh, really? If this artist is promoting unity among female artists, but you don't want a female artist to open for you, if someone is in has deep ties in the industry of your performer? Tell me the thought process behind that. Because to me, it looking like you trying to corner the market on female voices. And you being petty. Maybe I'm missing something, but that don't sound like unity to your boy. Again, I ain't going to name no names. But some of y'all favorites out here live and foul.
0: Yeah, between common... Uh telling me I couldn't say hi to him or Common's team to this where... <laughs> that we was Common's team. team. Alright. To this where this artist team is saying you're not allowed to bring a female opening act for this show. Ed, I'm done with the music industry.
1: Well, you can always get your dream job as the guy who holds up Ashanti's iPhone while she takes her photos.
0: I would love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ed, let's wrap this all up here. Um, again, we didn't have a special guest for this week, but we'll have one next week. But before we wrap things up, let's get into the soul Back track of the day here. Yes. Can we go with, and this isn't a R&B song all the way, but this kind of coincides with the fact you did both a top 50 hip-hop and top 50 R&B list. Can we go with mm-hmm. the LL Cool J song with Boys to Men?
1: Oh, of course. Classic. Song Love hey that Lover. song. Yes, Hey Lover. Like, that song, again, and I will, if you want to see these lists, I don't really have them on soulandstereo.com. But, if you go to my Twitter, if you go to Instagram, which is Edward Bowser, if you go to the Soul and Stereo page on Facebook, all these lists are there. And LL ranked really high on my hip-hop list. And, man, people had a meltdown. Again, it just shows that these lists are so generational. Because for a segment of fans, LL Cool J is like this dude that just be in movies sometimes and stands at award shows licking his lips. He's a hip hop legend. And that song is one of the best songs he has ever released. If you don't know that song, go check it out. It stands the test of time. There would be no Drake if not for LL. So get that right. Yes, I said it. He's a thousand times better than Drake because he actually raps with
0: conviction
1: and not like he's asleep.
0: Right. And I'll say this about um, the Hey Lover song, the original Michael Jackson record, Lady in My Life. That song is fire, but this LL and Boys to Men song is also fire. You don't get a song yes, that you sample a- off of the other song, and they're both great. And what
1: did we just talk about? About, oh, samples are the worst thing in the world. Play it. Some of your favorite songs sample classic records that you probably don't even know. This is one of them. If we made it through the 90s with samples, we'll make it through the 2010s and going into... Man, we're about to go into 2020. Jeez, I'm old. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I can name a couple of songs where the sample and the, and the actual song were both good. How about Undecided and I Love Your Smile? That's a great song. Great song, Um, actually. One of those songs is great. I'll let you <laughs> choose which one. All right. And um, what's going on with SoWinsDario.com?
1: Well, if you want to get away from the list madness, because Lord knows I'm tired of fussing about both of them. Y'all done threatened my unborn kids and everything. It's just a list. Chill out. Um, check out Soul & Stereo because it's actually been a pretty busy week. We've got... I took a chance, and this was a fan suggestion. I can't remember who did it, but shout out to whoever suggested it. Asked me to go back and rank all of Kurt Franklin's discography. Of course, Kurt is a gospel artist, but his stuff is so heavily R&B-influenced. As we talked about today, it's okay for both. Stuff isn't always cut and dry. So go back and check out my entire look at his, man, 12, 13, 14 albums ranked from bottom to top. That was a pretty good conversation starter. Also review the new album from Rick Ross, who typically is not one of my favorites. But I actually like this album pretty much okay. So check that one out as well. And if you missed it, as I mentioned earlier, I did rank Tank's most recent. This is a pretty recent post. I think we've talked about it since then. But if not, go check it out. I rank Tank's albums from bottom to top. And they don't really hold up. That's why he's not on my list.
0: Alright, alright. Well, Ed, guess what I'm going to be doing after this podcast? What's that? Well, I already told you. I'm going to listen to Chapter 2. And then I'm going to put together my list. It won't be 50 because nobody has time for that. Maybe except you, but... (laughs) I'm going to put together my top five R&B artists list. Can I give it to you right now? Sure. It'll be something along the combinations of Brandy, Mariah Carey, Ashanti, Mario, and Genuine.
1: That's a good list, but I sure hope it's Kyle's favorite five artists and not the five best
0: artists of the past 40 years, because then I got to throw a raised eyebrow at you. The best five legends of this era. Did you see on Facebook I called Ashanti a legend? (sighs) I saw it. You see, I didn't comment because I had no time for foolishness. I'm trying to get that out of my life. (laughs) Alright, alright. Wait, Boom Boom's gonna be mad. You didn't put Sierra on any list. (laughs) Shout out to Boom Boom. I think he knows what the deal is
1: with Sierra. Ashanti might line up up there before her.
0: Ed, that was the only thing I really wanted to hear. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) (laughs) i am a man of the people player thank you thank you all right ed i think that's it for this week uh we'll come back next week with an actual special guest but thank you again for putting that list together you pissed a lot of people off but i guess that's what i do it goes for great traffic and people are gonna and and clicks and views
1: that's what it's all about thanks (laughs) for wishing death on my family
0: Mm -hmm. all right i think that's it for this week ed we're out of here we out